The Dan Bongino Show. Get ready to hear the truth about America with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Producer Joe's ready to go. Yeah, man. All right, a lot going on. So, um... I, I keep getting information, folks. People are calling me. People are emailing me. It's all good. Again, some of it mm-hmm. I got to filter through. But ever since my series of shows on the biggest scandal in American history, the Obama spying on Trump, which is all going to come out soon with this OIG report, and the Obama administration will be looked at as a stain on American history after that, um, I keep getting more. So I got a couple of interesting leads yesterday um and i just want to tie some stuff up but i also have some other stories to get to as well one particularly about it's an older story joe we discussed in the past by daniel greenfield about the political conflict brewing in this country mm-hmm. um it, it's called the, the the like the impending civil war oh yeah but it's yeah, a, yeah. yeah we talked about it but i want uh-huh. to readdress this piece in light of the dismantling of the obama administration's agenda which is happening right now, which I saw in another piece. This is good stuff, so don't go anywhere. All right, today's show brought to you by our buddies at iTarget. You know, I love these guys at iTarget, folks. Anybody can buy a firearm. Frankly, anybody can shoot a firearm. The question is, can you fire it accurately? That's what matters. I was a New York City cop, a Secret Service agent. We had a line in the Secret Service. You're responsible for every single round. Why? Because you're firing near the president in an emergency scenario. You can't accidentally miss and hit the wrong person, okay? It matters. Now, there were some tricks there are some techniques to firing a pistol accurately a rifle as well of course but uh i target is mainly a pistol uh, a pistol uh, device and i'll tell you what it is in a minute but you got to get your grip right you got to get equal light on both sides you got to get the front sight aligned across the top these are really important tricks now the website is the letter i itargetpro.com. That's itargetpro.com. You just tell them what kind of weapon you have. 9mm, you have 380, you have 45 ACP, you have 357 SIG. Doesn't matter. They will send you a laser bullet. You drop in your firearm now. No manipulations necessary at all. You don't have to buy special barrels. You don't have to buy a different gun, special grips, nothing. You drop this laser bullet in the firearm you have now, comes with a target, and you practice away until your heart's content. I promise you, you won't be able to put this thing down. You depress the trigger, it hits the laser bullet. It's not going to damage, affect your gun in any way. And the laser bullet emits a laser onto a target they send you, and you're going to see exactly where your rounds go in conjunction with the coolest phone app you've ever seen. Send me your scores. I see people on a Monday, they send me their their targets, pictures of them, screenshots. And on Friday, they send me their targets again. They're shooting the wings off a firefly. Go to the itargetpro.com. That's the letter, itargetpro.com. And use promo code DAN for 10% off. Remember, competitive shooters dry fire 10 times more than they live fire the range is great but it's expensive you got to clean your you got to buy your rounds you got to clean your gun out go go pick up the itarget pro system itargetpro.com that's itargetpro.com promo code dan you're gonna love this thing you're not gonna put it down okay so um i saw a piece in the wall street journal today and again i just want to pull this back out to thirty thousand feet because i don't want anybody confused about what i'm trying to get through to you and again i'm just covering media reports the thing yesterday about the british passing intel onto the united states is not in dispute it's been covered by the guardian it's been covered by cnn um what I mean, you can only have it two ways, Joe. Either CNN and The Guardian are lying about their sources or it actually mm-hmm. happened. And I, mm-hmm. I I lean towards the latter. But I want you to remember the overall 30,000-foot thing I'm trying to prove. The Obama team spied on the Trump team in an entrapment operation. They wanted to entrap them because they wanted dirt on them to cover something. What were they covering? 
my theory on this, and just to be clear on this, Joe, my theory, and I, a couple other people who I strongly trust and I agree with, is, again, that the Iran deal was what the Obama administration wanted. They needed the Iran deal. The Iran deal had to happen. In order to get the Iran deal, they needed the Russians on board. In order to get the Russians on board, they turned a blind eye to the Uranium One dealings and the Russians' efforts to overtake the, uh, to over, over, hold on one second. You okay? Sorry, folks. Don't, don't cut that out, Joe. My, uh, my, I love my wife to death, but she just got back from uh, a procedure. So I kind of got, if you, in case you heard the door alarm. So you sure you're all right in there? She looks really tired. Her mom's here. So, you, well, you, this is our show. You know, it's not live, but yeah. we treat it live. So um, I hope she's doing all right. <laughs> she looks okay. So uh, you could tell I got caught off guard. I really do love my wife. We have, a, we have such a great relationship. <laughs> so they want to protect the, uh, the, the, the Russians wanted the uranium. Uh, they wanted the uranium for both economic and obviously nuclear power reasons. The Obama administration's trade-off was they looked the other way while the Russians purchased uranium assets in the United States in conjunction for basically tacit Russian support for the Iran deal, which the Obama administration wanted from the beginning. Now, it's mm-hmm. fascinating. I'm bringing all this up again, not to repeat prior show content, but because as, as I said to you, yesterday joe remember the names remember the faces remember everything because it always comes back because Mm -hmm. as i read more stuff and get more sources and more information that comes in i'm constantly reminded that that's what happened let me read to you from the wall street journal's editorial board today in a piece about the russians their relationship with the united states and their relationship with the former obama administration this is gonna this should ring some bells for you the uh you know the russian uh foreign minister spokesman sergey lavrov so yeah, they, they yeah. start this piece. They say, Sergei Lavrov misses John Kerry. The Russian <laughs> foreign minister negotiated the Iran deal with the former U.S. Secretary of State. But on Monday, Vladimir Putin's foreign policy frontman used his annual press conference to berate the United States and all but declare that America must leave that country to Russia and Iran. Folks. Mm. <laughs> I, I'm not. Like, I'm not patting myself. But, hey, look at me. Other people propose this. I, yeah. I, 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 you're. I'm. I'm. I'm really. I'm not messing with. You. I'm just telling you that they love the Obama administration. They, the, the, the Russians. They thought that we, the Russians only became a massive geopolitical foe after Trump was elected, and they needed a new narrative, the Russian narrative. Before that, the Obama administration loved them and was basically working with them on this stuff. Hmm. The mm-hmm. opening line, Sergey. Oh, sorry, Sergey Lavrov. Mrs. John Kerry, the Russian foreign minister, negotiated the Iran deal with the former U.S. Secretary of State. I, the Wall Street Journal is not making that up. It's not like a, a, a some some kooky blog site here. All right, I'm just trying to tell you that's what happened. They needed the Russians to keep quiet about it. All the failings of the Iran deal, and they worked in conjunction with them. And I believe the trade-off was the United States looked the other way as the Russians purchased uranium in the United States. Now, I got a tip yesterday. I, I, I'm I, still kind of fleshing out, but I saw a story in the New York Post. I think I even covered it yesterday, so I'm not, I don't put anything out on the show that I, 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 I'm not reasonably confident I can, I can prove. But I think, Joe... The missing 33,000 bleach bit emails from Hillary Clinton. Mm -hmm. The New York Post put out a story. The FBI has these emails. I believe that's true. I got a good tip on that yesterday. Mm. I also think that the uh, 33,000 emails contain information that are absolutely indicative of a quid pro quo on this. 
In other words, here's the money. Here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to look the other way. I absolutely believe that. And that's why the Clintons went through such efforts to scrub and get rid of these 33,000 emails, eliminating yeah. servers, bleach bidding things, um, making Blackberries disappear, smashing Blackberries. Folks, there's a reason people do that, okay? If Joe and I are under investigation for a bank robbery we didn't commit, I have, Joe, you can see it right here, brand new iPhone X, right? You see oh, that? Oh, yeah. There you go. I love it. It's great. Um would I take a hammer to that if there were no emails whatsoever? I mean, really, if it's an illicit investigation, it stinks you're under that investigation, right, Joe? But I'm mm-hmm. not going to destroy my iPhone to hide information of a crime that doesn't exist. Right. You know, I may say this stinks. Why are you guys investigating me, investigating me for a bank robbery? I did nothing wrong. But if it's some kind of subpoena, hey, we want to see your iPhone, I'm not going to hammer the thing. Literally, like hammer the thing. I'll be like, all right, whatever. This stinks, but check, take a look. Don't mess up my phone, right? right Folks, right, they destroyed yeah. their own property. They bleach-pitted emails to eliminate these 33,000 emails. If the FBI has these, the question, and this is where I have a little tidbit of information I'm hesitant to put out, but keep listening to the show this week, because if I get this, if I can confirm this piece of information, it's going to blow your mind. The FBI has these emails. The question is, who knows about it in the FBI? And why would that question matter, Joe? Because the players mm-hmm. we've told you about managing both the Trump special counsel and the Hillary email investigation, Joe, mm-hmm. we have already seen clear evidence of political bias with players like McCabe, and with players like Peter Stroke and Priestep over at the counter intel division. The question now, which I'm working on answering, I've got some information, but I'm not hesitant to put it out because I can't confirm it yet, is who knows about those 33,000 emails? What do those emails say? And the real question is, why don't we know about it yet? That I'm working on now. One more loose end to tie up with regards to this uh, uh, this case here. I hadn't considered this, and I spoke to someone yesterday who pushed me in a different direction. I'm working on some in the book of a, a, a story about Simpson and Fusion GPS. There are some Russian connections there I'd considered, but hadn't considered a certain way. Mm. Working on that too. But one of the other things I got pushed through yesterday was Bruce Orr's wife. Okay, Bruce Orr is the associate deputy attorney general at the time this is happening. Nellie. Yeah, his wife, Nellie. You know, you're following Mm -hmm. this, right? Nellie works for Fusion GPS and is hired right around the time they're compiling the dossier. She's an expert in Russian affairs. Now- Bruce Orr is also the head of OSADEF that's working on the Project Cassandra case. Bruce Orr is a management official at the Department of Justice in charge of Project Cassandra in some manner and decision-making of Project Cassandra, which is a DEA-led project investigating Iranian proxies like Hezbollah running guns and drugs across the border. Josh Meyer did an expose in Politico. Follow me, folks. This is important. And you know I'm not a fan of Politico. I can't say that enough. But Meyer did an outstanding 11,000, 14,000, whatever word piece exposing how Project Cassandra, Iranian proxies running guns and drugs into the United States, Joe, Mm -hmm. how a lot of this was sidelined in the Obama administration's efforts. Again, the Iran deal, Joe, keeps creeping up. Yeah. The Obama administration wanted the Iran deal so desperately 
that the allegation in the piece, what he alludes to, Meyer, he, you know, he's not he's not overly accusatory, but it's clear based on the evidence he puts out there, Joe, is that Project Cassandra would have been one of the biggest criminal investigations in U.S. history, an Iranian proxy running guns and drugs into the United States to finance terrorism, that it was all sidelined in an effort to keep it out of the papers, to keep the information out of the papers so that the Iran deal would go through. Why? Makes sense, right? If it's yeah, on the front yeah. page of every page in the United States that are the Iranians through their proxy are running guns and drugs into the United States, killing our kids to finance terror, Joe, there's no way an Iran deal is going to happen. End the story. Wrap it up. Right. Yeah. So who is in charge of Cassandra at Osadef in some way? Bruce Orr. As the thing, as the entire investigation, I'm scratching my eye here. The uh, investigation gets sidelined. Why am I bringing this up again? Because. I keep insisting to you that this is an entrapment set up operation by the Obama administration. The genesis of the investigation and the order matters. They approach the Trump team constantly through Fusion GPS connected people with information on the Russians, again, in an effort to dirty them up. Now, the question is how involved, this is where I'm trying to get to here, how involved are the Russians in this? Are the Russians directly pulling the strings, Joe, of certain people in this? Or are the Russians just interested in sowing chaos and taking advantage of stupidity? Now, I would lean towards the former, that the Russians were pulling certain people's strings. Now, I don't know this conclusively, but one of the things that was pointed out to me was that Nellie Orr applies for a ham radio license. Which is interesting because the ham radio license, I mean, folks, to be, you know, I want to be crystal clear on this. Could it be totally innocent? Yes. But again, we have a lot of, yeah, I know you say, we have a lot of coincidences (laughs) in this case. She applies for the ham radio license right around the time Fusion GPS, which is working with the Russians through Veselnitskaya and is working on Magnitsky. She applies for a ham radio license as the dossier is being compiled and Fusion GPS hires her to work on this Russian information. She's also a Russia expert and her husband is now overseeing a major case against an Iranian proxy that's getting sidelined in an effort to get the deal through. Awfully strange how all this comes together. But the point that was pointed out to me, sorry for the circuitous way home here, but this is important, Mm. is I had always assumed that the ham radio license would be for transmission of information. In other words, here's what we got. Here's what I'm working on, a Fusion GPS. But the question that was posed to be you too, right? But here's an interesting question I want to put out to the audience here for you to figure out that opens up an entirely different Pandora's box. What if the ham radio license was to receive information? Now, Joe, you being a sound professional, you're probably pretty familiar with with uh, this this arena. That is bit. a two way that is a two way operation. Now, again, yeah. we assumed it was transmission, but do, remember, during the height of the Cold War, it was not uncommon for people who were spies, people who were double agents, and people who were spies to receive information that way too. I mean, remember it goes out in open air, but the code doesn't, right? So right. it was it was it wasn't uncommon for them to receive information. The question now, and I think the question that's going to be fascinating, is if you if we can get this Nellie Orr should have to answer this question. What was that ham radio license used for? What was the ham radio being used for itself? And were you receiving information? And Joe, who were you receiving information from? 
Mm-hmm. You see how that ties into the question here of how yeah. active of a player were the Russians in this? Because yeah. I've been uh, operating under the operating assumption the entire time that this is an entrapment operation set up by the Obama administration to dirty up the Trump team to cover up Uranium One's role in the Iran deal. What if the Russians, though, had an active role in this? I mean, an active role in pulling strings instead of just taking advantage of of basically some dopes in this. Man, then you have an entirely different level of screwed up. I mean, this is like, wow, wow. And is that where the 33,000 emails come in as well? Well, There's some emails indicating that the Clintons may have turned a blind eye to active Russian influence in this. I don't know. We don't have the 33,000 emails yet. And if the Bureau has them and hasn't released them, I bet the the answer to that question should be why. Why haven't you released these things? Crazy stuff, though, huh, Joe? Stay tuned, by the way, the rest of the week, because I have an interesting angle we're working on because Matt Palumbo and I are finishing up the book on this. It's going to be short, but very readable for you all. It's a timeline of all this. But I'm working on an interesting uh, angle on on Simpson's early dealings with Russia that are is really, really, really fascinating. But I, I have to make it explainable, Joe, and I haven't I haven't figured out a way to to sum it up yet. So we'll get to that at some point this mm-hmm. week. All right, uh, I got I want to get to this other article because this is just damning and it's such a terrific piece by Daniel Greenfield. And we'll, it's in the show notes today, by the way. P- folks, please go to the show notes, by the way. It's at Bongino.com. You can subscribe to my email list and please read this piece. It's from March. It's from earlier in the year by Greenfield, but it is an outstanding piece that sums up where we are now and how this, I'm going to tie this to the Russia thing, to the State of the Union, mm-hmm. to the obstruction mm-hmm. on the budget. This piece is illuminating so please please read it all right we'll get to that in a second today's show also brought to you by buddies at filter by folks the holidays are over but winter just begun and according to some studies that means you'll be inside a lot by the way according to some studies the air indoors contains up to a hundred times more pollution than the air outside something that definitely affects me and joe as we work inside our studios and you don't want to be breathing polluted air all the time this can cause illness allergies, and unnecessary wear and tear in your HVAC system, which happened to me. I had to replace both units. cost me a fortune. This will lead to costly repairs or even worse, the premature replacement of your entire system, which again happened to me. I even had to change my duct workout. All because of, well, it wasn't all because of clogged uh, the air filters, but it was a big portion of it. These things were working overtime. They were sweating. It was terrible. Resolve to breathe better with FilterBuy, America's leading provider of HVAC filters for homes and small businesses. They carry over 600 different filter sizes, including custom options, all shipped free within 24 hours, plus they're manufactured right here in America. Good job. We like that, FilterBuy. FilterBuy offers a multitude of MERV options all the way up to hospital grade, so you'll be removing dangerous pollen, mold, dust, and other allergy-aggravating pollution while maximizing the efficiency of your system. Right now, you can save 5% when you set up auto delivery, so you'll never need to think about air filters again. Save money, save time. Breathe better with FilterBuy.com. That's FilterBuy.com. FilterBuy.com. Thank you very much for supporting our sponsors. These FilterBuy guys love you. So you got air filters. You run a commercial business. You run it. You got a house with three filters, a business with 20 filters. Check out FilterBuy.com. You save 5% when you set up auto delivery. You never have to worry about it again. Okie doke. All right, moving on to this Daniel Greenfield piece. There is a... I mean, I've read this and covered it before, but what made me think of this and bring it up again, because one of the things Joe and I do on the show is we try to interdisperse evergreen content and themes and tie it to news of the day. The reason we do that is I want you to be informed, obviously, about what's going on today. 
But yeah. folks, don't fall into the trap of thinking that the news of the day is not related to larger ongoing fights with the Democrat Party. The Democrats threat of a shutdown, the Democrats boycott of the State of the Union. This all fits into a larger narrative with the Democrats and that the Democrat, the larger narrative is that liberals are absolutely committed to the destruction of a rules based government and the implementation of a discretion based system. We, I can't, I've used that word discretion on yeah. this show probably a thousand times since show and I've started because I can't, I know it sounds very milquetoast like, oh God, discretion. That doesn't sound so bad. No, no, it does, folks. The reason we have a constitution is because yeah. you don't want government discretion. The Second Amendment says the right to bear arms shall not be infringed. It doesn't say shall not be infringed at the discretion of politicians in D.C. The freedom of speech, the freedom to assemble, the freedom to petition does not have a rider and an asterisk next to it that says, but at the discretion of elected leaders in Washington, D.C., swamp rats. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that anywhere. This is a liberal thing, and it is a relatively new phenomenon. And when I say new, I mean basically post-FDR where they tried to implement discretionary powers of government. In other words, get rid of the Constitution. With well, Constitution, it's living, breathing, Joe. It's living, breathing. It's living and breathing. Time. We'll change it as we see fit, right? Yeah. Whenever we get in office, we're just going to overrule and overthrow the entire system. So Greenfield writes this piece about this brewing civil war in the country, and it's a pretty darn damning piece. And he says, political conflicts become civil wars when one side refuses to accept the existing authority, the existing authority now being a Republican Senate, a Republican Congress, and a Republican White House, they refuse to accept it, folks. And I, I put together some examples here. Yeah. One, you have the shutdown right now. I put together a little, one, two, three. I got about six examples here of Democrats. They're, I mean, outright rank hypocrisy completely changing their minds on issues because they simply can't accept the fact that they're not in charge where where do we go from here where do we go if you don't accept the duly elected government as being your duly elected government what do we do what what's next and they don't understand as greenfield i believe he's right a lot of them don't understand the damage they're doing here now couple examples. The shutdown, number one. I don't want to hit this too hard because we discussed it yesterday at the end of the show. But the Democrats are now threatening a shutdown if they don't get amnesty for these these DACA recipients, people who came here illegally. I, I don't know. I, Joe, I thought shutdowns were the worst thing in the world. Yeah. I thought... You, so let me get this straight. The operating premise of liberalism post FDR has been government is an indispensable portion of our life. None of us can exist without it. We need it for our retirement. We need it for our Medicaid. We need it for our Obama phones, for our Section 8. We need it for, for food stamps. We need it for all this stuff. Government is this operating principle in our lives that is absolutely indispensable to our existence every single day, right? Mm-hmm. But the minute you don't give amnesty to a subset of people here illegally who are a minute portion of the United States, the entire government should shut down. So what is it? If the government isn't necessary and you can shut it down just to get amnesty, then just admit the entire operating principle you've been telling us is fair game for the last, what, 70 years. Just admit it's garbage and you made it up. Because, Joe, do you see where I'm going with this? If it's essential for survival and you're threatening to shut it down, aren't you going to kill people? Yeah. <laughs> 
Right? Do you do you don't do you have the uh, we're gonna die stuff? Thousands of Americans would die. <laughs> that, that's Bernie said. We're not making that up. And the joke of that soundbite, which Joe uses occasionally, by the way, is Joe. Neither Joe nor I even remember why he said that no. because they say it about everything. Everything was it taxes, school choice, Obamacare. Nobody knows. You were gonna die all the time with Democrats. Because and it's always it's always based on a Republican attack on a big government policy that's failing. Republicans want to get rid of Obamacare. Thousands of people will die. Republicans want to cut tax. Thousands of people will die all the time. Thousands of Americans would die every time. <laughs> See, it's easier now with video, Jonah. Right? Isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you're going to die about everything. So I don't get it. Are thousands of people going to die or not? I, I, I don't understand. Are, are they going to die or not? So now you're threatening a shutdown of the government you swore was indispensable to our daily living. So that's example number one of what Greenfield's talking about, how yeah. political conflicts brewing over into ideological, cultural, and political civil wars because one side just refuses to accept that Trump, the Republican House and Republican Senate are legitimate. So they just say, eh, it's illegitimate. We're just going to shut it down. Wait, wait, let me get this straight. You just said it was indispensable. No, not that. That's not indispensable because that sucks. Secondly, in current news, the State of the Union. Democrats are threatening now to boycott the State of the Union. So I tweeted out last night, go ahead, beat it, all of you. Do me a favor. Someone, everybody in your, I mean this, in your district, if you have a Democrat congressman, tweet them on Twitter Tell them, you know what? Of course, we want to be nice. You don't want to get kicked off Twitter. We're not the violent ones. That's for the left. But tweet them. Please stay home from the State of the Union. Why? Why? Who cares if you don't accept yeah. it as a legitimate government anyway? Dear Democrats, keep, do us a favor. All of you stay home. Just go home. We don't care. We got this. We're in charge. Stay home. We don't care. You don't respect the existing authority of the government. Now, you think Donald Trump is a racist. You want to impeach Donald Trump. You think he's a Russian agent. You're just liars. You're just making all this up. So just stay home. Nobody cares. Stay home. Example number two. So one, again, we're talking about Democrat hypocrisies and how these hypocrisies, Joe, how they change their mind based on who's in power are mm-hmm. only based on the fact they don't see that the government is legitimate, so they don't see this as being hypocritical. Government mm, shutdowns yeah. were evil when Obama was in office. Now they're the greatest thing ever. State of the Union. State of the Union was this, you know, it was, it was, a, it was a sanctuary, the State of the Union. Mm-hmm. God forbid. So Joe Wilson yells out, you lie to Obama. Oh, my gosh, the media. This guy should have been put in prison. Remember that? Rep Joe Wilson yeah. scream, you lie. Oh, my God, you don't do State of the Union. Ah! But now, a bunch of clown Democrats don't even want to show up for the thing. And all of a sudden, he's, they're, 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 these guys are being portrayed as you know white knights, some kind of yeah. Praetorian guards of truth and justice. Again, hypocrisy, because Democrats don't see the government as legitimate. And if you don't see the government as legitimate, there's no path forward. Here's another example, which I brought up countless times because it stinks so badly of hypocrisy that it's almost impossible even for the most skilled liberal debater to ignore. When Arizona passed an immigration bill that mirrored federal law and merely required people to produce some form of identification to authenticate their citizenship in some police interaction, wasn't going to be raids, Joe, in some interaction Mm -hmm. to basically prove your citizenship. 
Liberals lost their marbles, Joe. They went crazy. And the premise, folks, you don't believe, you think I'm making this up? Go look up the Arizona State Senate bill when it under Jan Brewer. Just put an immigration bill, Brewer, uh, liberals. You know, their talking point was this, Joe. It was, that is not a state issue, immigration. That's a federal issue. By the way, which they're right on. It is a federal issue. So, again, just to be clear, Obama's in office. Immigration is now a federal issue. That was their point. Yeah. Trump gets in office. They don't see the government as legitimate. Again, you don't see as the government as legitimate. There's no path forward. All of a sudden, what they said before doesn't matter. Now, Trump passes some pretty stringent, or or, uh, or through executive order and things, passes some pretty stringent new immigration rules, travel bans and things like that. The states, California and some others, Joe, declare themselves sanctuary states, sanctuary cities all over the country. And the same Democrats that argued it's a federal issue now say, Joe, it's a state issue now. California will do what they want. What is it? You just said it was a federal issue. Now you're saying it's a state issue. These aren't double standards. This is this is mutiny. Yeah. I got to tell you, this this. This really stretches the uh, the tradition of a peaceful turnover of power to it, me. It, it, it destroys it. it. You might as well yeah. blow your nose in it and throw it in the garbage. And if that's the point of Greenfield's peace, Joe, that yeah. there's yeah. been no transition of power. Ooh, boom. boom. Right. Boom is right. Yeah. In, the, in, in the liberal mind, Obama is still in charge. Now, here, let me read you a quote from this piece. I'm glad you actually brought that up because I, this is a perfect time for this. This is a quote from Greenfield's piece about... The, the devolving of the sanity of the Democrat Party into institutions that are less democratic each time they lose. I know that's how it'll make sense after I read this, I promise. Quoting Greenfield, after losing Congress, the left consolidated its authority in the White House. After losing the White House, the left shifted its center of authority to federal judges and unelected government officials. Yep. Each defeat led the radicalized Democrats to relocate from more Democratic to less Democratic institutions. This part is killer. He said, this isn't just hypocrisy. That's a common political sin. Hypocrites maneuver within the system. The left has no allegiance to the system. It accepts no laws other than those dictated by its ideology. Bam. Mic drop. Good job, Daniel Greenfield. It accepts no laws other than its ideology. Now do you understand why I constantly bring up the term discretionary government and the dangers of discretionary government? When the law, Joe, the Constitution is bedrocked in the right to bear arms, the right to free speech, the right to petition the government, the right to assemble, these are not, to quote Greenfield, uh, laws dictated by ideology. They're laws dictated by big R rights, guiding star principles, no matter your ideology. Mm-hmm. You don't believe in freedom of speech? Too bad. It's in the First Amendment, in the Bill of Rights, that applies to everyone, whether you agree with it or not. When right. you're a leftist and you believe in discretionary government, when you're in charge, government is great and the rules apply. When Obama was in charge and they were in charge of the Senate, sure, immigration was a federal issue. Sure, the State of the Union was, was, a, was a temple. Sure, you know, tax laws mattered. All of this stuff law- mattered when they were in charge because the discretion, Joe, was theirs when Obama was in charge. Bingo. 
Not the laws that mattered. It was their opinion and their ideology. But their ideology was in charge. When they lost, as they said, the House, when they lost the House, it was all about Obama. When they lost Obama, now it's all about the judges. No, no, the judges, the judges, the judges. It's not about the judges. It's about the law. The judges keep rewriting stuff. Folks, the left worships discretionary government. When they don't get discretionary government and they lose due to allegiance to a law, and it's a Republican law, a freedom-based law, big R rights law, they just ignore it. They, you, have, you have states, we're just going to ignore federal immigration law. We're going to ignore drug law. Wherever you stand on it. I'm not a, a big supporter of, of classifying marijuana the way we do, to be clear. But, folks, it's the law. I don't, to object to the law, order weed to my house, okay? Right. You change it the right way. There's a process. Fidelity and allegiance to the process matters, folks. That's why constitutionalists, I have so much respect for them. When something abides by the Constitution, even that hurts them, they still say it's the right thing. It's not the easy thing, but it's the right thing. I tell you, I have res- I have a ton of respect for farmers out there who, who object to things like the ethanol mandate. I have a ton of respect for people who would benefit from a polluted tax code benefit by getting a benefit to their business, Joe. And they say, no, that's not right. I know I'd benefit, but that's not for me. Farmers who would benefit in their cornfields through ethanol and say, you know what? It's not right. It's skewing the economy. I have a ton of respect for senior citizens right now who say, you know what? We have to reform this Social Security. I get it. I paid in. I did the right thing. And I know you did. But the government screwed it up and there's no money. Maybe the, uh, your your benefits should be at this point sacrosanct, but the next generation, we got to fix it. I respect that. I always have. When I ran for office, people sitting there meeting with me, hey, you know what? We represent this organization. We think you should say this. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> Joe says what I just did. I No, I'm not going to say that. Well, you know, their support would be contingent on some kind of, uh, well, I, I'm sorry. Thank you. Have a nice day. I don't do that. Folks, here's some more, by the way. The tax laws. Again, we discussed it yesterday at the end of yesterday's show, how these evergreen topics keep coming up. California, when Obama was in office, taxes were a great thing. Stimulus, taxes, the taxes, taxes. We need government needs money to invest, Joe. The government needs money for infrastructure. The government needs money to produce jobs. The government doesn't produce jobs. The government just takes. The government's the biggest taker ever. Capital T taker. But that was it when Obama was in charge, when they were in charge and the discretion was theirs, not Trump's. Then all of a sudden, everything Obama did, the federal government was in charge and the law mattered. Now the Trump's in charge. The law doesn't matter at all because they don't care about the law. They only care about discretion when it's theirs. Tax laws mattered then. Tax laws. You you Republicans, you need to give us more money. Remember Obama, fair share. We got to go after these corporate inversions, get these tax evaders, corporations, Mm -hmm. ah, evil, take their money, take their money. (laughs) Now Trump's in charge, passes a tax bill, passes a tax bill that will make some very wealthy Californians pay more money. I thought the rich were evil. Didn't you just get done telling us after eight years of Obama how the evil rich need to pay their fair share? Trump passes a tax bill that benefits unquestionably middle-class Americans. I've done entire shows on this. Just listen to them. I give the actual numbers, unlike the left, which is lying to you. Unquestionably benefits middle-class Americans and will in some way, and I, I I don't, but just to be clear on this one, my stand, I don't support anybody paying higher taxes. 
But there's no question that this bill will force some people who are very wealthy in blue states, Joe, to pay more in taxes. Something we've been told for eight years under Obama was a good thing. Did we not, Joe? The rich pay your fair share. Pay your fair. Taxes are good. Expanded government is good. Government's going to invest. Government's going to produce jobs. Now we're doing, according to your own ethos, we're doing that. And now California is trying to pass a law that allows wealthy Californians to declare their local tax bills as charity so they can pay less taxes. What is it, you knuckleheads? What is it? Are taxes good or are taxes bad? Are the rich evil or do we pass special laws allowing the rich to not pay more? What is it? Can you give us a straight answer so we can debate you? This reminds me of my time running for it. You can never debate liberals, right? Yeah. You debate a liberal about the benefits of apples and the liberal goes, and oranges are very good for your health. Um, sir, the debate's about apples. I, like I says... Like I says, that's a Queens thing. Like I says, oranges have a lot of vitamin C. Sir, the debate topic is the health benefits of apples. Are you insane? As I says, oranges make really good compost. Oh. Ah. Oh. Well, I, I, I'm, you can't debate. That's why I love when they call in on, when I'm alive on talk. I don't do callers on my show here, obviously, or guests. But when I do talk radio for Levin and Hannity, I love the liberal callers and we keep a line open because all you have to do is let a liberal talk. They always out themselves as entirely ignorant because they've never been challenged. They don't, they, all they do is deflect every time. Yeah. Well, you know, that's just like, uh, your opinion, man. We haven't used the dude in a while. That's it. That's their defense yeah. to everything. And when they don't do that, it's you're a racist. We need a sounder for that. There, yeah, you're a racist. You're a racist. That's it. When, it, yeah, well, that's just like your opinion, man. And then when you come back to that, they go, you're, you're definitely a racist. They don't have anything else. <laughs> Apples, oranges, orange nectarines, nectarines, kiwis. They deflect all the time. Yeah. Here's another one. Washington, D.C., the D.C. Heller decision. The D.C. Heller uh, Supreme Court decision determines that the Second Amendment is, in fact, an individual right. Nothing mysterious to constitutionalists. The D.C. local government still won't issue a lot of these carry permits. They just ignored it. Wait, I thought when Obama was in charge, Joe, the federal government was a benevolent force and was all powerful. So now the yeah. federal government, through the Supreme Court, a federal operation, the highest federal court in the land, says the Second Amendment is an individual right. And Washington, D.C. says, ah, no, it's not. We're going to ignore it. And liberals say, that's great. That's great. We love this because they love discretion. They hate the law. It is a byproduct and an offshoot of their desire to completely ignore a legitimately elected government, henceforth buttressing Greenfield's premise that there's no future in this. I don't think he's talking about an actual hard civil war. Just to be clear, no one's advocating violence. Mm -hmm. He's talking about, and you know what? I was going to get to this line at the end because it's so good, but this is actually a good time to bring it up before I give you some other examples. He says something really great and telling, Joe, that you all need to remember. He says secessionists, people who want to be separated and secede from the United States. The difference Mm -hmm. here is secessionists, Joe, want to be left alone. So let's say California or, or, uh, you know, some Californians or Texans wanted to secede. They want to be left alone. They just don't want anything to do with the government anymore. Right. He said the difference with the left is they're not secessionists. Secessionists want to be left alone. Authoritarians never want to leave you alone. 
They don't want to secede. They want to subjugate. There's a difference here. The left isn't saying, oh, New York City, we're going to secede. The left wants New York City to govern Texas. That's the problem here. That's why these people are so darn dangerous. Yeah. You need some more examples? Obstructing appointments. I thought, didn't Obama for eight years, Joe, tell us the Republicans were obstructionists and that obstructing the duly elected benevolent federal government was this evil thing? Mm Mm-hmm. Now Trump can barely get anyone through. The Democrats obstruct at every level, demanding uh, eight hours of debate on every Trump appointee, something that's rarely happened. So obstruction, and by the way, it fits back into how we opened up with the shutdown, right? So Mm -hmm. obstructing and shutting down the government were the most awful uh, moral sins we could have possibly imagined by a government official under Obama. But now that the Democrats are doing it under Trump, the stupid, compliant, lapdog, bootlicking media plays right along and portrays the Democrats doing the exact thing they told us was evil as, again, Praetorian guards of of uh, of civility. I mean, folks, it's 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 unbelievable. It is unbelievable. Remember, each defeat, they keep going down the chain. Federal judges. First, they lost the House. Then they lose the Senate. Then they lose the presidency. Now they're back down to federal judges again, using federal judges to impose their own ideology on others. And they love judgeships. Why? Because judgeships and the federal judiciary and even the state judiciary, in many respects, Joe, are the ultimate bastions of discretionary government right there. As long as they can convince judges that the Constitution doesn't matter and their discretion does, the rule of law goes out the window and the government now is absolutely illegitimate. Folks, um, this is troubling stuff. Now, I like to tie stories in, for those of you who are new listeners. I like to tie them into both evergreen narratives and stories within the show. Mm -hmm. I bring this up this idea of a budding civil war within the country here and the complete lack of respect for the government we have now because the Trump-Russia spying scandal is a... Pay attention to this, folks. This is really important. Why I'm so concerned with... This is a better way to set this up. About the Obama spying scandal on Trump and the cover-up of the Iran deal and Uranium One and the effort to dirty up the Trump team and entrap them. I'm so concerned about it because liberals don't seem to think there's anything wrong with this. And that's frightening. You know, when Watergate broke, you had a large swath of Republicans saying, hey, listen, this is not right. We need to clean this up and clean this up fast. Why? I'm not listening. I'm not giving a pass to every Republican. Who's, I, I, they, a lot of them are they're messed up, too. But at least the conservative constitutionalist leaning ones understood that in order to continue as some unified country, the cesspool in the White House had to be cleaned out. That overwhelming numbers of liberals, probably 90 plus percent, see no problem at all with the Obamagate spying scandal, despite not an iota of evidence that there is a predicate crime the Trump team committed to warrant the biggest entrapment scheme and most consequential in American history and using the monopolistic force of government to do it in police state tactics troubles me, folks, to no end, because here's what I'm worried about. And I. I got to be careful here um, because I don't, I, you know, I don't do conspiracy theories and I don't like melodrama. 
because I'm not that kind of guy. Mm. And I haven't said this to Joe, but I don't know what's going to happen in 2020. And I had this conversation with my wife, and I've never felt this way before. But I'm genuinely concerned that people like me will become targets. Joe brought up something interesting yesterday to me after the yeah. show, and I was like kicking myself for, uh, for I said, Joe, damn, you should have brought that up. <laughs> right? You know what you said yesterday. Yeah, Joe yeah. said to me, you should be scared. It's not like this hasn't happened before when we had someone in the White House. And I said, Joe, that was a beautiful point. The AP phone record scandal Joe brought up. The James Rosen targeting scandal at Fox News. Cheryl Atkinson getting targeted. The IRS targeting conservative groups. Now, folks, I'm not being melodramatic. I don't think some hit squad is going to come for me in 2020 if Trump loses. But what if, you know, are we going to get audited? I mean, are they going to start tapping our phones? Oh, you're such a crazy conspiracy theorist. No, it happened. Joe was absolutely right. I was like, dude, I I swear I was going to get back on the air and re-record a portion of the show. Because I'm like, how did I not bring that up? It's not a conspiracy theory if it actually happened. Yeah. It's not a conspiracy theory that the Brits gave information to the Obama team on Trump. It's not a conspiracy theory that the Trump team was spied on. They had the transcripts. They didn't get it to ESP. This happened. It's not a conspiracy theory that the IRS targeted conservative groups. They just paid out millions in fines and admitted to it. It's not a conspiracy theory that James Rosen from Fox News was subjected to a press witch hunt because he was at information from sources in the Obama administration. This stuff happened. Yeah. This scares me, folks. I mean it. I don't mean like a, I'm chewing my fingernails. <laughs> Because I mean it when I say I was absolutely born for this brawl. I was. But I have kids and I have a wife. I am seriously concerned if 2020, if we lose in the White House, what retribution is coming our way? I've seen these Clinton animals I deal with on Twitter all the time. Philippe the Scrub Reigns, Nick Merrill, Adam, whatever his face is. I've dealt with these animals. I know exactly what they're about. They don't know what I know, which is great, but I know what they're about. And what I'm concerned about, to tie this up, so just to be clear, to to connect the stories Mm -hmm. here, the Obama administration spies on Trump to cover up their misdeeds. Secondly, the left doesn't recognize the current government. The left is interested only in an ideological battle and respects nothing Trump does. Point number three, this is only going to get worse. That is why I'm concerned. Because when it gets worse and reaches a crescendo, if we lose in 2020, is the left going to entirely lose their minds and then start spying on everybody? I mean, is that a fair question? Are we we, wrong for asking questions? Now, why is it going to get worse? You may say you keep bringing that up, but you haven't said why. Another terrific piece in the show notes. Folks, again, please go there, Bongino.com, and subscribe to my email list. I will email it to you. You got to read the Greenfield piece. You have to. It's a must read. An absolute must read. Send it to your liberal friends. But there's another great piece, and forgive me, it's, it'll be in the show notes. You'll see. Um, it's from like a local newspaper, but man, is it good, Joe. Hmm. It was sent to me by a, a friend of mine who's a conservative activist. And the piece is about the dismantling Obama agenda. It's falling apart. 
That's how this ties into this, Joe. As this collapses even further and Trump completely dismantles the liberal war on the American Constitution and government, the left is just going to, this is not going to get any better. You see my point? It's only going to get worse. And in 2020, they're going to be maniacal. Me and Joe will get audited for felonious mopery on the open seas or some crime they just make up. That's a rough one. Is that a real felonious? (laughs) You know what I got that from? Mm. Sorry, folks. Don't be, but you know, I love personal story. When I first got in the Secret Service, there was on the wall, it was an investigator. This guy was a really good investigator. And he had that on the wall. Like it was a joke about federal crimes that, that, that people should throw. And one of them was felonious mopery on the open seas. That's where I got that. I didn't make that up. So shout out to the guy. It was really funny. He was a character. Um, all right. So here's how it's falling apart. And this is all laid out in this piece I'm going to put in the show notes. This guy lays it out beautifully. He says on energy, Obama's signature thing on energy was the blocking of the Keystone Pipeline. Why? Because they didn't want America to be a petrochemical superpower because liberals don't believe in capitalism, number one. And they definitely don't believe in petrochemicals. They believe in clean energy, Joe, which is really just a war on the economy. Obama blocks Keystone. Trump gives them the big Joe. You see what I'm doing right now? It's a bit of vulgarity. Yes. Um, Trump gives them the big uh, middle finger and says, no, thanks. Uh, we're not doing that. We are going to Pete Keystone is going to go right through. Thank you. Have a nice day. See you, Obama, on Keystone. On education, Obama institutes Title IX, these, these kangaroo courts on campus where basically any allegation made against a male or female is, is, is run through an entirely, unbelievably unconstitutional system where these kids' lives are being ruined over allegations of sexual misconduct. Trump says, no, no, we're not doing that. Everybody is entitled to their own legal defense and to their day in an appropriate, you know, an appropriate fashion. Yeah. Why did the Obama administration want that? They wanted kangaroo courts on, on college campuses. Why? Why matters, folks? Because, again, as Greenfield points out, when the left loses, they go down the chain. They lose the House, they go to the presidency. They lose the presidency, they go to the courts. They lose the courts, they go to the campuses. On the campuses, they don't have to follow federal judicial rules of right. evidence. You don't get your day in court. They love this idea. Discretion, discretion, discretion. They love discretion as long as it's theirs. And they made sure to appoint in a lot of these colleges, a lot of uh, you know judges in these courts that would make sure they found just about every man that was brought in there guilty of something. Trump said, no, thanks. We're dumping that. Have a nice day. <laughs> Chumps <laughs> on the environment. The clean power plant rule. Oh, the Obama administration loved this. It was left to the discretion of the states to get rid of all of these, to, to lower all of your CO2 admissions. Trump said, no, thanks. Done with that. You're not going to control that. We're going to go back to a sound energy policy, right? National parks. Obama expands the national parks, Bears Ears and all these other places. Why would he do that? Because, again, they can control federal land then if they're national parks. And who has discretion over it? Oh, they do. Trump comes in, says, no, thanks. Have a nice day. Chumps. See you later. We're going to return that right back to the States. Have fun. I love that. (laughs) Net neutrality. I've done entire shows on this. We're going to reclassify the internet under Title II. And who's going to control it? Oh, the federal government? This is great. We love net neutrality. Trump appoints people at the FCC that say, no, thanks. Have Have a nice day. Net neutrality's gone. Right back to the Federal Trade Commission. We're going to leave the internet open and let actual American citizens control it and the businesses that run it. Have a nice day, folks. 
<laughs> on health care. Slowly dismantling Obamacare. Now, they haven't gotten rid of it yet, but getting rid of the individual mandate. The individual mandate, which made people buy insurance they didn't want, mandated by the government. Trump says in the tax bill, now nah, we're going to scrap that. Have a nice day, chumps. See you later. The CFPB, Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, being challenged by the Trump team, ruled unconstitutional. What was the CFPB doing, Joe? Accumulating massive amounts of financial data on every single American yeah. out there. But why, folks? To probably use later against you in a discrimination lawsuit if you're a bank or something like that. On the economy, regulation and taxes. Regulations being wiped out at a record rate. Taxes being cut. Less central control by the federal government. Discretion going back to the people, not the government, over what to do with your businesses and your money. Trump comes into office and says, now nah, we're going to wipe those out. By the way, we're going to cut taxes too. Left is losing their mind. And never forget, Kevin Williamson wrote a really great book. Uh, whatever, like The Idiot's Guide to Socialism or something. I always forget the title. But it's a terrific book. Very readable. And in the book, he talks about the left's new socialism. They've completely abandoned the old socialism. In other words, the idea that the government's going to control the means of production, like own mm-hmm. it. In other words, Joe owns a production company. The government comes in and steals it. Williamson's premise is they don't need to steal it. All they need to do is tax and regulate it to death, and they own it anyway. <laughs> the government can blame Joe, right? If it fails, right. the government blames Joe. Why should the government own it and screw it up and then take the blame when they screw it up? They can tax and regulate it, get the money, tell them how to operate it, and when it blows up, they just blame Joe. Beautiful. Yeah. So when Trump cuts the regulations and cuts the taxes, he's he is inflicting a fatal blow on new socialism. One more point, foreign policy. The Iran deal. Trump said he's not going to recertify again. The uh, Paris Accords, this crap uh, deal for, uh, on the uh, on the environment that was going to screw the United States only. We're out of that. Cuba, yeah. we're going to turn in the corner on that too. Folks, this is all critical stuff. This is why I'm bringing this up. It's all in the piece. It's a great piece. Please read it at the show notes. The left is going to continue to lose their minds. They, if, if tr- When Trump Russia blows up in their faces, they will move on to something else. I promise you. Hey, um, one more story. This is quick, um, but I do want to get this out. Mm. You know, I've been covering Bitcoin, and I've yeah. been very skeptical. I like the the idea. I like blockchain technology, but I get a lot of questions about Bitcoin, folks. I'm, it's dropping. I'm just telling you, I'm not. This is not an investment show. Do what you want with your own money. I, I think Bitcoin is a is a very legitimate, fantastic technology, but be very cautious. Here's why. Bitcoin has to be mined by computers. Not mined in the traditional way you'd mine gold, Joe. You'd start get a pickaxe, you start hammering, or you start sifting through water, and you know, that, you know there's gold there and them there hills. No, no. Bitcoin is mined by using fancy computers to solve complicated mathematical questions by which you're avoid, uh, awarded a Bitcoin. You're not, you don't have to hammer into hills to get the gold. You have to figure out a math, a math problem, basically. One of the biggest server farms, because these computers are very, very energy intensive that have to solve these math problems, big server farms to do this were in China. China is cracking down on this, folks, big time, and on Bitcoin exchanges. Now, that should be a big, big red flag, because remember, Joe, just like gold, if someone says, hey, you're not going to mine gold in them near hills, then you're not going to have the gold, and you're not going to have a form of currency because you're not going to have it. If the Chinese continue their crackdown on Bitcoin... And stop these major server farms from mining Bitcoin and figuring out the algorithms and getting the actual Bitcoins by solving the mathematical problems. You're going to have a major league collapse in this. So I'm not again, this is not a financial fight. I'm not trashing Bitcoin. I love cryptos. I'm just telling you, you better watch what's going on in China 
Because if these mines get shut down, you have the, the world's <laughs> one of the world's largest supplier of miners, essentially yeah. not mining the money you're counting on. Big, big deal. And by the way, I'll put a really cool Bloomberg article today uh, in the show notes about that. It's short and sweet about how the Chinese are cracking down. Give it a look. All right, folks. Thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Go to Bongino.com. Check out the show notes today. I will see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.